Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News. We're sitting down with UC Irvine's winningest basketball coach entering his 12th year this year, 227 wins. Coach Turner, last time I talked to you, it was, well, besides two weeks ago, but when you were playing, it was at the Big West Tournament, and that's when they canceled it. I think that's the last time you guys really had fans. Yeah, <laughs> long time ago. And uh, that's one thing right now I've talked some with my coaches about. I think it's going to be a really different experience for our players to play with the popcorn popping and the cheerleaders and the band there and people watching because we haven't had that experience in a long time. And uh, I think it's a lot different playing in a closed scrimmage or playing in a closed gym like we did last year, even with TV cameras. It's a lot different than having the energy of other people in the building. How awkward was that? To play last year? Yeah. Well, it was strange. There's no question it was strange. Everything about the pandemic was strange. Um, but I'm really proud of my team's resilience, what we showed. But uh, the, there'll probably never be another season like that. We're all excited to get it back to what, it, you know, what it's been, what we expect it to be. And, and I'm encouraged by what I've seen from the NBA. The NBA so far this season when in their games have looked like they always used to look. And I'm hoping that college basketball will have the same, same look to it, like it like it's always has, the same type of energy. I do think that people are excited to be at games and should be fun. Well, I'm excited, and that's why we're here. We're doing like the Big West preview. We're not big time where I can go out and go check out like these Power Five conferences. We're right here in Southern California, and your team, I love watching them because they're so defensive-minded, and you like lead the nation in field goal defensive percentages. Give my audience a little preview of what to expect when they go watch an Anteater game this year. <laughs> well... And it's early. Yeah, it is early. I mean, we just played our first scrimmage, and we and we and we didn't look like what I'm used to our team looking like. But I think that's always been true for us in our first outing. You know, we've got to get better. Um, I do expect us to be a team that plays hard um, consistently. I think we're going to be a team that uh, scratch scratches and claws and and, and fights you, especially in the scoring area. We're not a team that typically plays full court defense, but we play great defense around the basket. And I think that uh, we utilize the intelligence of our players to take away our opponent's tendencies and best players. And um, I think that that's what we're going to do again this year. Well, and, and you have a characteristic and you're known to take away tendencies from the opposing team. And your guard, your team is young. I think not mistaken, if you count all this COVID shit going on, you have like 12 freshmen, <laughs> three third-year seniors, but it's a young team. Last year was a young team. Yeah. They're one year older, uh, but they're and it's guard-oriented. Well, we are we are young, um, not as young as we were last year. And, and last year I was really concerned about having so many new players. This year we don't have the new players, but everybody in our league I think has gotten older um, by either bringing in you know grad transfers or utilizing – uh, the extra year from COVID, uh, we have not done that. We had one guy, Brad Green, who's an important player for us, who had been here five years already and made the choice to, to move on and start his professional career, which I think was the right decision for him and I support. But we are not older um, relative to our competition in the league. Now, we're older relative to what we were last year, and I'm excited for that because I do think our guys should benefit from all the experience we got. 
Uh, but we're going to have to play hard and play well against what should be a tough league, I'm thinking. Conference, most skilled player coming back, 6'9", senior Colin Welp. What can fans expect out of him if they've never seen him before? Well, Colin is, as you said, he's a, he's a fifth-year senior, so he made the choice to come back to our program. That's a great story in college basketball and for us. And I do think he'll have a great year. He's a natural basketball player. Um, that's, I think, one of the things that shows up most when you watch him. His conditioning level has never been better. Uh, he's the most committed, hardest-working guy on our team. I think that shows up in the way that he plays. And he's a team captain now, so that bodes well, I think, for our group. Um, we're going to count on Colin you know, both to score and to create baskets for others because he's such a great passer. Uh, that's what he's got to do for us. He's such a problem for other teams because he's a big-time post-up threat, but he's also a threat away from the basket. And he's a versatile player and that he can drive the ball and, and do other things. So um, he should be fun for Big West fans to watch. Um, he's probably a difficult guy to watch if you're rooting against us. Uh, but I think there is respect from most people who see him because of uh, the way he plays and the way he thinks of the game. Let's talk about your freshman of the year last year, Dawson Baker and, and his running mate, Isaiah Lee. What, what, what can we expect out of them? Well, Dawson uh, was a surprise to everybody last year, I believe. Um, I, I would say he was even a surprise for us because of how good he was. Uh, we thought he'd be good, but I don't know that any of us thought he'd be as good as he ended up being. Um, he's tough. Um, he's a, a really solid fundamental player and that he, and he can shoot the ball well, he can pass the ball well. And I think what surprises people is how effective a driver he is because he doesn't at first glance seem to be an athletic guy, but he gets where he wants to go with the ball. And he's also a competitive defender. Um, I think he's going to have an outstanding year. And I think it's important for our team that he does. And then Isaiah is one of the best defensive guards um, that I've had here at Irvine. He's he's outstanding on that end. Uh, and he's a career 40-some percent three-point shooter. Um, and he's a guy that uh, has just gotten better and better along his journey while he's been here. I think those two guys are a formidable combination, um, even though they might not get as much credit as some of the other backcourts in our league. Most surprising player so far in practice this year or that you think that's going to stand out and surprise a lot of people this year? I think uh, fans of our league will be surprised with Austin Johnson as I play him more just because he's such um, a high-level athlete. You know, he, can, he has the ability to play above the rim, to shot block, uh, to finish lobs. I think that's going to be a surprise to some people. He's played well in practice. Uh, we've had a lot of guys play well in practice. I think Justin Hone, um, who was injured at the start of last year and, and probably didn't play as much as I should have played him, I think has a chance to have a great year for us. Uh, I think Andre Henry, who many people in Southern California are familiar with because he was such a great high school player here, he also dealt with um, you know, maybe some things off the court last year that, that probably impacted him more than I realized as he was going through it. I think he'll have a great year for us. So I'm excited about our, our, our young players. And you know, this podcast... The goal is to help high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. Obviously, okay, good, you're, yeah. you're, you're head coach of UC Irvine. You've been here for 11 years. When you recruit a player to UC Irvine, what are you selling? Why UC Irvine? Well, the university sells itself well. 
uh, let me let me begin with that because I feel fortunate to be affiliated with a university with the reputation that ours has. Um, it's a worldwide, worldwide high, le- worldwide known high level education. So I always say, don't come here if you don't want to commit academically to something that's really challenging, but that's also really rewarding. I think we offer that. I think there's no better place to wake up every day than right here at Irvine. You know, I, I say that about both the weather and the overall ambiance in this community uh, because this is just a really special place to be. You know, sometimes I recruit players and say, you may never get a chance to live somewhere as nice as where we live. Um, I say that about the accommodations here on campus, the dorms, all the different things that are set up here as well as they are for student life really um, are outstanding. And that's a big part of why our players all have great experiences here. Basketball is a big part of that, but even without basketball, the players in our program all have a great college experience because of all that this university offers. So it feels good to recruit. And you take away basketball, I always say, take away the student-athlete part of it. When you walk on campus, just even coming up here, it's it's sunny, you're right, yeah, it's very yeah. beautiful outside. What's your favorite part of campus that maybe no one knows about besides Brent Event Center and, and where you hang out with the athletics? Where do you, <laughs> yeah. where do you like to be? Well, I'm a hoop guy, so I don't, I don't do a whole lot outside of uh, – you know, office and gym on campus. But when I do get to tour guys around, it always surprises me, especially for local kids, the way they look at this place, because it is so nice. If you, you know, if, if you haven't been here, we're, we're situated around a park. Our campus is built around a central a park, you know, like uh, New York City is. And the park here is called Aldrich Park. It's named after our first chancellor. And if you go out there and, you know, do a lap around that thing, um, it would surprise me if you didn't think that our atmosphere is as good as any that there is for a university. We have it that good here. And and often when we bring people on campus, they're surprised because the impression maybe that this place started with is a lot different than what it's become now. That's a credit to a lot of folks here at UC Irvine have made this university into an incredible place. Favorite place to eat on campus, if you do. <laughs> uh, well, I like Eureka, which is just uh, across the street. Um, you know, they, they have a great uh, menu, and, and it's also a good place to go have a cold one uh, in the evening, and they stay open late. So in Irvine, that's uh, that's particularly good. They, they stay open, uh, I think, as late as... Midnight used to stay open till two before COVID. So that's a, a good combination in my book. You're one of the only coaches, if not the coach, to coach two NBA MVPs in Tim Duncan and Steph Curry. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. People are listening and are like, whoa, he, he coached Steph Curry and Tim Duncan. Tell me what that means to you. Yeah, well, I was an assistant. Let's make sure we, yeah, we yeah, clarify yeah, yeah. that. Assistant. Um, as an assistant coach, I did get to work with both those guys. Uh, Tim Duncan, when he was very young, he was 18 years old when I joined the staff at Wake Forest and I was there uh, for his last three years. Um, and then I coached Steph Curry when he was a rookie in the NBA. And uh, at the time when we had Steph, you know, nobody knew that he would become what he's now become. Uh, so Tim and Steph both have that same experience. They were both guys who developed into something way more than most people projected. And the best part of their stories is that they just continued to improve. And they stayed focused on that. They were humble people who were great teammates, 
who were incredibly driven and just kept getting better and better. Obviously, their talent level um, was outstanding and probably underestimated. Uh, but the most underestimated thing about them is their their ability to continue to improve. How do you transition that to your team? And what do you communicate? Because you've seen it. And maybe they haven't seen it. How do you get them to that level? Well, we, you know, we hope we can get level. somebody to, to, yeah, I mean, to, to the improvement level yes. is, is, the, is the question. Well, I do, from time to time, bring those guys up. Because like every guy we get, um, they were – undervalued both Steph and Tim were undervalued at the age when they were making college choices you know Steph wasn't recruited at a high level ended up going to a strong mid-major program called Davidson Um, Tim Duncan had very few scholarship offers was a virtual unknown who had uh, started his athletic career as a swimmer before he switched to basketball in part just because of his height Um, so what I can tell everyone is that your journey's not going to be defined by others. Your journey's going to be defined by by what you do and how much better you can get. I do think that's an important lesson for young people anywhere. I, I, I think it's especially important le- lesson for people often in Southern California because this place is driven a lot by perception, and I don't think it's you can be that. You know, both Tim and Steph were late bloomers. I think we attract a lot of people who hope to become late bloomers here at UC Irvine. So I think uh, I'm a good fit for that because that's what I feel like I was. Everybody has a mentor. And I've always wanted to ask you this question. Nellie, what did you learn most <laughs> from Coach Don Nelson? Well, I had a lot of mentors. Um, you know, my, my high school coach was a great coach in uh, Woody Dean's back in Virginia. My college coach, Tony Shaver, is a Hall of Famer at Hampton Sydney. Um, I worked for Dave Odom and Mike Montgomery all before Nellie, and every one of those guys is a mentor to me. But you know, with Nellie, um, there's there's there was a different kind of thing in at work in my experience with him because he was so different than every other coach I had been with, right? And he was so um, much a product of the NBA. You know, he was a player and a championship player for the Celtics, and then um, you know the winningest coach. In NBA history, his um, experiences, the way they combined for him, the confidence that he brought uh, to the way he approached his job, uh, his ability to innovate and and think differently than than anything that I had experienced to that point, you know, all were really just refreshing and inspiring parts of working for him. Um, and I'm grateful to him. You know, the, the the guy had the ability to make things fun. Um, and, you know, everybody watches Ted Lasso now, and you know, <laughs> Nelly had a, a an unusual way, like is portrayed in that story, of um, turning th- things that you wouldn't expect into positives. You know, I always say it from Nelly. I learned that when you lose, you need to act like you won, and that's an impossible lesson for most college you know, coaches to, to understand. Um, but in the NBA, you got to get used to losing with certain types of teams. And so I'm grateful for having had that experience because it's so different in many ways from what you experience as a college coach. One thing I learned from my coaches, and matter of fact, obviously walking here, he called me and he said, tell Russ, hello, Coach Seth Greenberg at ESPN. But yeah. one thing I learned from him was the preparation and being organized. 
And as I look at this board, Russ, I'm having a flashback. Back in my day, it would say 1988, 89, 90, <laughs> 91. You're recruiting out. You're recruiting three, four, five years out. That's a big time characteristic. And people don't understand that preparation is huge. Man, I should have erased my board before you came in here. <laughs> I don't uh, <laughs> take a picture, show Munson. <laughs> um, well, and, and I do think there's some sim- similarities in Coach Greenberg's background and mine. Um, Dave Odom and Seth Greenberg are probably a lot alike, I'm thinking, um, in, in a lot of the ways that they did things. And so uh, what you're seeing on that board is probably an influence that Dave Odom has had on me. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, we, hey, we, I mean, this is a tough business. It's, it's a tough business. You've got to learn, you've got to adapt, uh, and you got to get lucky. And I feel like uh, we've done a, a lot of all those things here at UC Irvine, and, and hopefully we can continue to do that. Well, I was, as we wrap up, I want to say thank you. We're having a preview here with Russ Turner, UC Irvine's head coach. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got to get something in about the managers, man. Uh, you know, I had a manager who got a jersey. You uh, know, all do right. Do you know that? Do you, do you know we had a manager here who I put on the team? He's hey. a doctor now. Tell me the story because I actually was going to ask. I'm respectful of your time, but now that you're bringing it up, I do. Let's talk your manager story because I was going to ask you. Tell me your student manager situation today. Are they on scholarship? Do you get paid? Do you keep in touch with them? Talk to me. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got a lot of pride in uh, the guys that we've um, had as managers in our program. There's nobody um, who appreciates what those guys do better than I do. I never was a manager, but I was a Division three player, and I think the uh, mentality you have to have in both scenarios is is probably a lot alike. Um, I do I do think I could get invited to speak at a manager dinner because one of my managers did end up on the team, and I never intended for that to be the case. But he just was so good at what he did. He came through. He, you know, he, he accomplished everything that we ever gave him, and did even more than what we always asked. Uh, he was available in practice, and he played so well in practice that when he got to be a senior, I said, let's put him on a team because we had an extra spot. Um, I try not to throw that out there for managers because every one of them I know probably dreams of that, and it's often not possible. Uh, but the guys who've been managers in this program have been incredible parts of our success, um, and, and many of them have the best success stories moving on from here. And, uh, and and I think back to a lot of them. I've got uh, six managers now on this year's team, and all of them have the potential, I think, to be superstars. How many travel with you? Well, we travel one, and you asked about scholarships. I don't. We're not able to put a manager on scholarship. We do pay uh, at least one manager, and typically we set it up so that all the managers are working to get to that head manager position that it's a paid position. But I try to compensate those guys in many other ways in addition to um, potentially paying them. Um, we always travel at least two, I think. Um, and, you know, we, we have non-scholarship players on our team. And we, we also are known for the success our non-scholarship players have had on the court. We've had a couple of those guys become all-conference players. And so I often think that people who have a knack for contributing, um, if they're freed up to contribute, will contribute in ways that you might not expect. I think we've had non-scholarship players do that. That's also been the story for our managers. Well, managers are very – it's unsung position. 
yeah. players really respect that. And, and I'm glad you brought it up because so, sometimes I go that route. Sometimes I don't. Obviously, this podcast is called The Suit of Manager because of my great experience that I had yeah. at Long Beach. And and I, I remember that manager you guys had. Was it Darren? The, the uh, I want to say I could say it because I'm Asian. The Asian guy. And he traveled to the Oregon with us or Kansas with Darren. us. Um, we, Fong, we've had a few Asian managers. All of, <laughs> all of them have been good. Uh, the, the kid that got the jersey was Teo Davidian. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, but uh, he was like the crowd favorite his senior year when he got in, and he played really well when he got in. That's amazing. Um, yeah, we've had we, we've had a bunch of managers um, who've who've been you know really fascinating kids to be around, and they're, I always tell them that you need to assert your personality. Uh, so that you can have an impact, and it's not easy, you know, in that role, in that position on the hierarchy, to assert your personality. But the guys who've done that have really been difference makers. For it's us. funny how you said that because when I was our student manager, that's where I think I became more mentally tough, stronger, a personality because I was dealing with like the Lucius Harris's, the Brian Russells, the Kevin <laughs> Cutlers in my locker room, and yeah. now. Coach calls me. He goes, you're more organized than crime. He goes, you bring this whole family <laughs> together. I, I, I mean, I'm sure you keep in touch with some of your former players, but your managers as well, and creating that UC Irvine family because you've been here for 11 years. Yeah, we do. Um, there, there's no question that we do, and uh, and that's intentional, but I think most of those managers wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, they feel as connected to the – you know, the impact this program has and to the success we've had, they feel as connected to it as the players do. And they should. You know, not everybody sees it that way, but the guys who are part of it, who are in the locker room and on the bus, know that managers um, are every bit, you know, the part of our team's success as anyone else, whether it's coaches or players or anything. So uh, lots, lots and lots of respect from everybody in our program for the guys who fill that role. So if anyone's listening, because I always talk about the student manager position, and I said, hey, when I was in high school, I actually sold myself and was starting to write letters. Are your six managers today, do they reach out to you in high school? Are they former players? Or are they come knock on your door, first day campus, or are they friends of players? How did you get these six? Well, I've got two guys on my staff who were former managers. Um, one, you know, one of them's the director of operations, one of them the director of administration. I think it is a pathway into this industry. And now I have those guys recruit the managers that end up on our team. So they don't just recruit them. Um, they field those calls, those emails, those letters. When I get them, I just send them to those guys on my staff who filled that role for us. And then they interview, uh, narrow them down and select them. And, and then, you know, I end up, having a say on it, but uh, those guys have done a great job because the guys they've selected, I've really enjoyed being around. You know, what I what I look for in a manager is someone who's hardworking, uh, someone who loves the game, and someone who's easy to be around. And that easy to be around thing is what I learned in the NBA. You've got to be easy to be around. And that's, that's easy to say and not that easy to define. Uh, but if you are those things, then you, your doors are opened uh, to have an impact. And um, what I hope to find is proactive people who look for different ways to make impacts in our program. Uh, those type of guys are likely to succeed at whatever they do, and they end up making our, our program better. Did you hear that? Those of you out there listening, Russ, would I have been a good manager for you? 
<laughs> I don't know if you'd be easy to be around. <laughs> I'm like fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to watch your language. <laughs> nah, you would you would have been fun. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, you know that. You you know that you were you were good at what you did and that it opened doors for you. Um, I don't think you would act the same, you know, when you're eighteen to twenty two years old around me and my team as you would now. Right. But I would I, I would easily be able to manage, imagine you being a fun guy to have as part of the team. Um, I don't want everybody to be the fun guy. You know, everybody's got to find the way that fits their personality um, to to have an impact. And, and I can see that you would easily do that. You've got charisma. And I got the job done. You, you exactly. Ask, at the yeah, end of the day, yeah. like, <laughs> results-oriented, I – well, no manager who thought his personality could carry him uh, would make it. You know, you, you've got to get the job done in any profession. You know, this is uh, a tough business. Athletics is a tough business. You know, the I saw there was a Long Beach coach got fired today because she didn't win. Uh, we're all in that boat. So getting the job done is the most important quality that, uh, that, that a young person trying to be a part of this could, could have, the ability to get things done. Last question before I let you go. Three days in March – UC Irvine wins the Big West tournament if oh, if we, I mean if we can play our best basketball at the end I think uh, last year we had an incredible performance against UC Riverside in the semifinals we dominated that game against a really good team and then turned around the next night and got dominated in the second half of our, our game against Santa Barbara so credit to Santa Barbara for their ability to do that uh, you've got to be able to do it for six halves in the Big West Tournament and not five. Uh, we always aim to be playing our best at the end when our best is needed and when the stakes are the, are the highest. Uh, we weren't able to do that last year. I'm hoping we can get the team this year to be able to do that. And that was Russ Turner, UC Irvine's head coach, getting ready for the Big West season. Fonger News of the student manager, out.